0: Back everybody to the late midsummer edition of the Be Better podcast. Um, lots of stuff going on today, so I'm not going to waste it with the interviews or the uh, the intros. Uh, got the D man on the couch over there. That's Devin Palmer. Remax results. I'm just waiting for it. Cueing you up, man. Like I don't, I don't even need to point my finger at you anymore for that. Um, Devin, so much has happened over the last I would say month that um, that we need to cover today. I got a laundry list. I, I have a literal laundry list. So. In our ride today, Devin and I did a couple things. Number one, we agreed not to talk about anything worth anything because... Save it for the podcast. Absolutely. Number two, we also agreed that Devin half-wheels me all day long, and it's just... I do not believe there was a consensus on that. Yeah, I think there was. Pretty much, he's like, "Okay, I'm just going to half wheel you all day long." That's just that's what was going to happen. So, um, and then he just belittled me for being a a larger, older man in uh, in in our in our last one of the last hill climbs. And so, it's uh, a numbers game. You were stating a wattage
1: number that I didn't quite believe, so I asked about weight because there was a differential in the wattage that didn't seem plausible to me because we're only 20 pounds apart in weight.
0: And the other thing was is that I was you chose the inside line and I came I went on the outside path and I had an outside path arguably I came behind you and had to do a little catch-up to try and, you know, make up the gap. So there's where the numbers lie. Well, you
1: know what? I want to formally and on-air apologize. I was curious about the numbers of this situation.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm listening. Mm -hmm.
1: And I was just trying to do a robust, objective analysis. So if that hurt your feelings, if the facts hurt your feelings, Christopher, I want to apologize for that.
0: That is maybe the most um, millennial apology i've ever heard of non-apologies there's no apology there's like i'm sorry if my if what i said hurt your feelings but i i said what i said because i believed it correct <sighs> a- but i am so sorry <laughs> <laughs> so sorry
1: that you felt that way
0: <laughs> all right
1: i'm so sorry you felt that i was half-wheeling
0: you oh for sure i know i just i'm just messing with you um all right so let's get back to it so this last couple weeks we have seen um we have seen pto at Milwaukee with Age Group Nationals. Um, what does that stand for? Uh, professional paid, paid time off? Paid time off, exactly. A professional triathlon organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw also we saw the test event for both um, able-bodied and para-athletes in Paris mm-hmm. for the 2024 Olympics and Paralympics. And just recently, this past weekend, we saw the 70.3 World Championships in Helsinki. Now, there are so many things to talk about there, but there is just one thing that just rides through all of those
1: my vacation to Madeline Island it is your vacation to
0: Madeline Island. it is Taylor Nib
1: absolute dominant
0: and in, and I don't know that because let's just highlight Taylor won handily um, PTO I watched it firsthand uh, working the bike course she's, Taylor is from what nation she's from the United States from America. USA baby yeah America. america you say uh so taylor taylor uh took that course she also then went on to qualify and be the top american at the paris test event so she has already punched her card to go to the olympics a much different race in a much different format Mm -hmm. arguably we're going from a non so pto is not draft legal it's 100 kilometers so it's kind of like a 70.3 right yeah well talk us through what
1: distance is so,
0: that so it's was. a so it's so i don't know the numbers exactly okay. so it's a it's a double loop swim it was a seven lap bike that they allowed it to have drafting i think it was like 20k per lap something in there and so it couldn't have been 100 so maybe it was like 10k per lap something in there anyways and it was something like that and okay. then it was a five lap run which was it did they they did it in like um in a, a little over three hours so very similar to her time in helsinki so just shy
1: of the 70. So similar metabolically similar similar, event to but yeah but 3. they have
0: but it's like a, it's a it's a meld of the two because they have a you know, there's no drafting, mm-hmm. um, which is like 70 point three but not uh, ITU style. Uh, you have a travel through transition area and it's a multi loop, which is like ITU.. Yep. So it's a very user friendly. And then going into it, I was very skeptical and was not a huge fan. Coming out of it, huge fan. Hmm. Great race to watch. Their app is maybe one of the most uh, uh, usable visual apps um, here. That to be able to uh, to be able to watch because I was watching it in real time. It was like a five second delay. That's how I was seeing where they were on the course, so I knew when to when to prepare. Because the app, the live coverage is All, always uh, a challenge. Yeah, always, it's, always a challenge. They had 127 timing mats. Wow, 127 timing mats. All right, so we're going to get back to that. Taylor Taylor takes that. Then she goes to Paris. A dynamically different race. Best American. She was fifth overall. Okay. Punches her card. She's going to the Olympics. She's one of the three possible slots for American females to go to the Olympics. Is that when you say she's going to the Olympics? She qualified that's... for the team.
1: Okay. So, USAT,
0: has. USA... That, yep. was she was... that was their first That was their first qualifying. Yep. Okay. Yep. Highest female. Um, and it was the high, highest ranking American athlete uh, in the top ten. But they had to be top ten. They didn't have to make the podium. They didn't fifth, have to win. They just had to be top 10. Fifth place is top 10. Fifth place okay. is top 10. So that's, I mean, that's, and arguably that's close. Yep. Right? Those, they, weren't, they weren't far apart. Then she goes on to Helsinki and she wins 70.3 Worlds. Half Ironman World Championships. That's three major accomplishments in three dynamically different races. Mm-hmm. All within a month. Is she the best female triathlete slash triathlete? our sport has ever seen
1: you three races. You're trying to call her the goat.
0: I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that because <laughs> it's not, a, it, because I don't, I don't consider somebody to be a goat for what they, if you look at a Natasha Bodman when you know, she won a crap ton of Ironman world mm-hmm. championships, right? Um, that's one thing, but to win all of these different distances in such a short period of time. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. She did not win. Well, she the didn't test win. Event. She t- but she didn't win the test event. But she got fifth. And if I she still had say,
1: dominated the test event in a similar fashion to the other events. You you might have an argument, but fifth.
0: I mean, fifth is an elite performance. But it's not a win. Okay. Doesn't have to be the win though. Yep. I know. I did say win, but doesn't have to be the win. So I am putting it out there. And and, and this was kind of this came on the on the on the, on the I would say in the coattails of. Leanda Cave wrote an open letter to Taylor Nib, you know, advised, giving her some advice that she had. Because, you know, Leanda went through this same thing. She went from four-time world champion, that where she was at ITU distance, long course, short course. And then she also went on to win 70.3 in Ironman mm-hmm. the same year. 2012, uh, right? Yep, 2012. And yep. So uh, first person to ever do that, male or female. Um, giving her some advice on what she kind of found along the way. You know, don't lose yourself. Stay focused, enjoy the ride, type of thing. Um, with that, is okay. Right now, is is Taylor Nib the best female triathlete in our sport?
1: Well, it's hard to say because you have the age-old question of long course, short course. Okay, it's so a, she at the middle ground. Certainly, she, you would have to say, okay, she won the two most competitive middle distance events. But could she go win Kona? Could she win the Olympics?
0: So, is that the only thing? is it is it the dis, is it the diversity of of abilities across the board now she is she she's not going to do kona cuz it's obviously there's no reason to go do kona this year why, why not well I, I mean that's a good quite that's a good question why not but she's I, I, clearly I, on prime form she is and then she tossing in a couple of long rides go win kona she could do that i mean she could if she did would then that seal it as the she would that seal it as the best female triathlete in our sport right now you tell me
1: do we have is there anyone so when in- i ask
0: you a question mm-hmm. this is how this is how conversations work i ask you a question and you answer it giving your opinion going on a limb and trying to state yes or no and then backing up that statement with a yes or no not tossing it back at me
1: who is the dominant itu female pro right now
0: um is there one there isn't no okay
1: so no one is consistently winning who's the favorite going into the games do we have one?
0: I, I I don't think that there is one at this point in time yet, no.
1: So if we can't point to a clear
0: And then again, even if there was, that's just one discipline. That yeah. there's I'm talking the, the ability to to excel at multiple disciplines in multiple formats. And I'm saying that even though PTO and seventy point three are similar in distance, I think the racing dynamics and style are dynamically different.
1: Yep. I I would say Yes, if she could go win Kona, or if she had won the test event.
0: Okay, so that that's what it would have had had to have happened. So you say no, she's not.
1: I say I don't have enough data. I say if she can be beaten at Ironman or beaten at ITU, we can say she's the best at the middle distance.
0: Okay, so she's not the best in our best female athlete in our sport right now. Who is?
1: That I couldn't say because we have. Is Daniela back on winning form? Who won? No, it was. Um, didn't Daniela win a very competitive race this summer, Daniela Reef?
0: Um, I don't remember. I, I think remember. she's back on winning form. Oh, yes, she went eight hundred eight. Yes, she, at Roth, she went. Yeah, but again, that's that's, that's that's long distance. Yep, yep. But she's not back, you know, winning ITU races. So that's one. That's 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 a one trick pony. One distance. <laughs> right well, now. So I would say right now. If, Dan- if Daniela would have been at the test event and she'd have taken the win, maybe if, but if say Daniela had been fifth at the test event, what would you say she' would have had to do one other race I say more, more than just two there has okay. to be three there has to be three okay there has to be three
1: i don't have I don't have a compelling argument for any anything it's just it's that's an fair. interesting question what I would say look at the men's side with Gustav Aiden and Blumenthal from Norway. Yep. They're still competitive at ITU. They're winning the middle distance stuff and they're winning the long course stuff.
0: Yep. So if
1: Taylor could show, hey, I can still win ITU, not fifth, but win Yes. Win the middle distance stuff and be a contender and win at long course, you would have to give it to her, right? You would. You would. Because Blumenthal <laughs> I mean, it's just it's out of this world what those guys are accomplishing right now. True. Do you think they are favorites going into Paris, or do you think they've drifted too far towards the long course stuff?
0: No, I think, I, I think you know, um, I think they're still the favorites, especially with seeing... So, one thing that I saw as a chink in the armor at PTO was um, uh, uh, Blumenfeld came off the bike and he cramped super bad to the point where he got off the bike and he just stopped. Okay. Um didn't you know, that happen to him at an event last year as well? I don't remember that. Ha- I don't. I don't remember ever hearing about it. I just. And I they didn't. I, not, I didn't hear anybody talk about it. I just saw it. Yeah. I saw him get off the bike, and he was holding like his right hammy, and then he ran himself back into third, which is just amazing, right? So to recover.
1: Yeah, to come off a crippling cramp and then recover and run your way back up through the field is pretty phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and and that that field too—that that's um. You know, that's a, that's a big, big, big piece there. Um, I don't know that they're the story that I'm interested in with uh, coming out of that 70.3, though. The 70.3 on the men's side, the, the story there is is the DQ of Lionel Sanders. Mm. Did you read about this? I sure did not. So, so he got DQ'd for apparently going over the center line. And it wasn't actually a marked center line. It was a perceived center line of the road. Well, hold on now. This is. He We're was, just
1: going to toss a guy out of a world championship because of a not an a, a, a an person. imagined center line.
0: That is that is one thing. And now, it's DQ, not a penalty. No, he was DQ'd. He was DQ'd. Now, coming off of that, this morning Iron or Iron Man released like highlight video, social media content today, and it showed Blumenfeld making a pass, mm-hmm. and he clearly crosses over a double white line. Clearly crosses over a, double a white non-fictitious, line. a real white real, line, real double white line crosses over to make a pass on the left, Where and then comes s- back over. And and
1: what position was Sanders in when he was thrown out?
0: Um, I don't know exactly. Was um, he a contender, an
1: actual contender? Yes, win, he was.
0: Yes, he was. He was. Really? Def- yeah, he was definitely. Really? Yep. He, yeah. Really? Yes. And now really? he says yes. And now he says he's never going to race Ironman again because he's felt like he's been wronged. Now this. Is This is very similar to something I witnessed at PTO this year because we're kind of like putting all these together, which was the disqualification of one of the male athletes. And I can't remember who it was because one of the USAT officials who was working the event for PTO misunderstood the number of laps or miscounted the number of laps and said that the guy had been lapped out and he had not and pulled him from the course. That was a $10,000 mistake. That hurts. Pulled him off the course, DQ'd him, for, and lap, had him quote-unquote lapped out. And he's like, I wasn't lapped out. And he's like, yeah, you were. You were lapped out. And like, no. Nope. You were
1: pronouncing the word out like a Canadian, and it's, I would like you to apologize to our listeners. Uh, I don't recognize your statement there. Uh, you I'm were sorry. Saying out, I'm out so, in a very Canadian way. <laughs> sorry. And I'm not being culturally insensitive when I'm I say this. i sorry if, if the way I talk is making you feel uncomfortable. This I, uh, is uh, th- what nation are we in? Are we in Canada?
0: <laughs> um, we're close. Lionel Sanders was thrown out of the race. <laughs> you know out. they're sorry. Out. Um, so, but the fact that 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 he was that he was DQ'd.
1: We'll talk about enforcement because enforcement is very spotty in triathlon inherently because it's like you're yep. you're unsupervised for long stretches and, there,
0: and 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 with PTO being so electronically monitored. Like they have 24 like the 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 athletes are seen 24/7 either by drone or by like they have four race motos that are going through the whole thing. And so it's everything's on camera and they have 127 timing mats. And so all of that and one guy, well, I'm not going to call him out by name. I mean, I questioned that what he had what he was doing at the time, but I was not in a, not in a place to to say anything because I was bike course manager yep. and I wasn't in any sort of enforcement role, but he pulled him out you hate to see it because sport is—it's
1: one of these bastions where we want to believe there's fairness still. Yeah. So in in the Blumenthal versus Sanders example, the same infraction enforced one time, not enforced another time. In your example, an official just gets a little confused and makes a, makes a harsh judgment that may have cost an athlete ten oh, grand, yeah. and that athlete definitely needs that ten grand. Yeah. Ten grand is a ton of money to a pro track. That's. More than most pro triathletes make.
0: And we've seen it in other sports, too, where the referees just bungle the call. Yeah. And that's why, you know, pro stick and ball, you know, sports now have instant replay. Yeah. Baseball's got instant replay. You know, football, basketball, all those things have instant replay to make sure that, like, is the call on the course or is the call on the court or on the field, is it accurate?
1: It's tricky because what's the long term solution? Is it like drone coverage of That's, the main field? The so this field? is
0: where PTO kind of changes the game a little bit because the other thing that PTO has, um, just going to drop some names here. Yep. So uh, was talking with Annie Head, and then when uh, Tim O'Donnell came up, and we we're all three just chatting, you know, around, just you know, three three chums, you know, just a couple of random. You folks. and all the big names, just, you just big yeah. name people, just no. talking, and and so we were discussing um, the hockey puck size. Uh, discs that pto riders have one placed on the front fork one placed on the seat post the the one on the back seat post has a light system to tell you if you are proximately, what your proximity is to the rider in front of you so so if i say i'm coming up from say i'm coming up on you from behind mm-hmm. and you have your your hockey puck that's attached to your seat post as i come up onto you it's going to start blinking it's gonna be so it's a visual cue so I can look down and see oh I'm within
1: a uh, callable draft distance yep and once you go in of course you have to complete the pass
0: yep so I can go in and then I can come back I can go in and then I come back because they don't have a pa- they don't have an a, an absolute passing rule oh okay so the question becomes that I had was number one do you record that information because that's data yep. And they're like, well, we don't record it. We we monitor it. I'm like, well, so what do you do with it? And they do, do you give penalties based upon this? And they're like, well, no, not right now. I said, so you could literally just see how long somebody's in the draft zone. Like if you see somebody making one attempt and then then back, that's fine. But if you see somebody's like, doo, 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 so it's like doo, getting
1: doo, doo. a speeding ticket from the camera instead of from
0: the officer. You're getting a speeding ticket from technology. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like Bill Gates is monitoring you. So they would have because they have they have big boards that tell every rider as they're coming up how many laps they have left on the bike.
1: Because do do people know the dynamics of a pro field in a non-draft race? You come out of, Okay, let me yeah. let me explain it. So, it, yeah. For, from a professional... Christopher, oh, was... allow
0: me. From a professional oh, okay. athlete perspective. <laughs> Is this what you heard when you went to your athlete briefings? Excuse
1: me. Excuse me. <laughs> so the pro race, it's non-draft. But you come out in a group, the top, call it 5, 10, 15, whatever the dynamics of the race... The lead group comes out of the swim together yep, and rides in a line. Generally uh, adhering to whatever the draft distance is, 10 meters, eight meters, whatever it is for that race. Yep. But the lead guys are all riding together and you are definitely getting some level of draft benefit from being the third guy, the second guy, the 10th guy in that column of air. Right. So you're not technically drafting, but you're definitely getting some effect. Yep. And there's guys who don't, care about the rules as much and we will just openly draft or, you know, play in a gray zone with it. So it's there's a lot of, if you were all straight shooters, it would be a very boring line, all perfectly spaced. But there's plenty of people who are flexible with the rules because a lot of the times it's not that enforced or it's enforced selectively. So or when, I raced, when I raced Racine 70.3 in 2010, that was my first pro 70.3. I was with that lead group on the bike and I got to see guys who kind of play Clean, I was r- riding with Craig Alexander. No big deal. No big deal. But he and I, at times, I r- exchanged the lead of the race with Craig Alexander. Yep. And there were a few of us who were pulling hard and riding hard. A few of his countrymen, dirty Australians. Mm. M- uh, Matty White and Josh Ricks, long retired. Dirty bastards. Your words, your accurate words. <laughs> they were right on each other's wheels. So they were li- their little training buddies who were over in Boulder. And they just were openly in a unapologetically just cheating yep and there's plenty of people and it, we're a little puritanical at times some of us are puritanical like ooh, ooh, ooh. and they were just like oh oh might, <laughs> you know if there's no cost to it then they can get the advantage they just openly were cheating so craig was choosing not to do that because he was a world champion level guy and a stand-up guy and yep they were choosing to play that way so it's just interesting to be part of that field so just know in theory There's the set of rules, and then you know, there's other behaviors out there.
0: Imagine in your day if you had somebody that could electronically monitor all that, which meant like it was like a a referee on every athlete, Mm -hmm. and then had the ability to call that. Like, okay, now we have the metrics, so they don't have no referees out on the course, they could just monitor the data
1: enforcement,
0: enforcement, and then enforce that where they could say, okay, if you do this, that's a fine, if you do this, that's a penalty, you do this so many times, that's a DQ. And you start to set thresholds, but those thresholds are not visual from an, from a referee. But now they are data points that are being collected because of the GPS proximity things that you're carrying. Because the rule
1: is just whatever is enforced. So it's like you can say there's non drafting, but if you don't enforce drafting at all on the venue, it's yep. like well, pff, I'd be a fool not to.
0: So does it? So would you have preferred to have been enforced with a a GPS monitor instead of having referees see things or quote-unquote not see things?
1: I think it would have shifted behavior dramatically. What was interesting in my day is there was more non-Ironman-branded, USAT-oriented, non-draft races, like the Lifetime Olympic Series or Rev 3. The USAT rules for pros were quite different, so they allowed you to be staggered. Yeah, So there would be, instead of one line stretched out, you could be offset from a guy. So you could be closer to him, but offset, which led to basically a peloton. Yep. So it, and once there's two different basically columns on the road, it's just a cluster of guys and there's no way to cleanly enforce. Yep. So the USAT rules, because there are no non draft USAT races anymore for pros yeah that's probably not as much of it's a moot point these days
0: yeah and I, and I think you I think Ironman has gone away from that staggered draft zone too I believe
1: Ironman I don't think ever had the the staggered thing
0: that was a did. big thing with USAT and Ironman was trying to get in their rules to yeah. be the same and I think that was one of the big questions about how that's going to happen then you know and when how penalties are doled out because you've seen both make I would say make concessions for how they are enforcing rules. Like USAT yep. now has like stand down rules, you know, like a penalty box. So it's not necessarily, you know, whether they're doing a card system. And if you do that, you got to go to the next penalty box. And if you, you know, don't sit your penalty, you're DQ'd. Um, but I'm just interested by the idea of technology in triathlon becoming the new referee. It seems like the tech is close. Mm-hmm. Is it a cleaner game? Is it a, is it beneficial to the sport to um, take
1: out some of the gray zone behavior?
0: I think so. I think it's like you know it it makes it makes it a a less like you said you know people that are playing with the rules. Yeah, you know, I think it I I think it makes it a better game. But um, I'm on the but I'm on a spectator side. You yeah. know, I'm not I'm not in an athlete side. What yet. do you do about lead cars? They didn't have lead car. Okay, yeah, lead mo- yeah lead moto that was like. They were like a hundred yards out, like okay. way, way so out. far enough. Yep. And then the and then the uh, the motos for media are always the media are always the media motos at their race, so they travel with them, and they're like fast scooters.
1: Because do you know? Have we discussed the dirty little secret of? You see a guy break away on the bike in an Ironman.
0: Oh yeah, and they're, you know, the moto drafts him. So if
1: you get the lead and. Maybe less so now, but there used to be kind of a caravan before the leader of an Ironman. So you would see these performances of like, oh, this guy by 10 minutes into the field and oh, second and third and fourth were pretty good guys. Interesting that this guy got 10 minutes on him. Well, if you're in the wake of a couple of different vehicles, yeah, you can float ahead of that field, even if they're riding together collaboratively. Yeah, you can float. ahead. So there were a few guys who would get away with these wins, you know, back in my day, ages ago. It's like, oh, yeah, you got away, but you had a lead vehicle.
0: Like, they had that media, like, truck
1: mm-hmm. that
0: was, you know, that was at the head of With Iron the, Man Kona. The
1: clock and everything. Clock, yeah. and they
0: had, like, I mean, they had, like, 20, like, media people in there that are taking pictures. And that's that's huge. It's like riding behind a, a semi. Yep. You nope. Know. Or
1: didn't, I'm, I'm thinking of the tour one year. I think Fabian Cancellara was crabby because uh, Alberto Contador won the ultimate, or the final time trial. And Fabian was all ticked. Because Fabian probably put out a much bigger number and maybe would have ridden faster. But Contador going last as the yellow jersey guy had this motorcade of like a half a dozen motorcycles. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course he was able to win. He had all this aero advantage.
0: And, and the more people you put out on the course from, a, from, from that standpoint too, from a media standpoint, the more risk you have. Mm-hmm. Because like we've seen, they've crashed into people and taken people out that killed somebody earlier this year. Which is uh, just
1: wild. I mean, you want to talk about a consequence? Losing ten grand is one thing, but getting yeah. crashed out and having an injury, or getting crashed out and losing or, your life.
0: Remember the tour when the when the team car hit that uh, hit, the, hit that Dutch kid and he went into Ooh. the uh, barbed wire. Yeah, like I mean, those are like the stuff like that happens. Yep. And so this would take a lot of that out of there.
1: What's the recourse? So if you get erroneously flagged and pulled off the course and potentially losing prize money. Is there any recourse for that athlete, or are they just host?
0: I would think that you could appeal it somehow, um, but I know that some rules are not appealable. Yeah. But if you could say, "Look it, I was taken off the course for something that I didn't do," because it wasn't an your inf- honor. Look it. Yeah. In it any was. legal case, you're going to want to start your argument with <laughs> you're going to "Look start, it." You're going to say this: the two utes. You know, you're going to go full my cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. and I would say that the, it, with that, it wasn't an infraction that was a callable like it, like. There are there are some penalties that are 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 a, a call on the field and you can't appeal. Um, drafting is one of the ones you can't appeal because it's a call on the field. Yeah. Um, those are those are not. I think being lapped out, you could say, yes, you're. You know, I, I would I would allow you to appeal that and if you could show that this was, you know, an, an erroneous thing. I just don't know how you can award money for that. Yeah, it's because well, then what do you say? It's like, well, I would have ran. I would have done. I could have. I, I should have. Well, then everybody who ever does Ironman should say, well, I sh- I could have ran, you know, sub yeah. three.
1: I bumped into a weird one like that in 2010, the first year of the Maple Grove try. I led the whole race, came through the winner like great. I just won. And. I was interested cuz when I came into transition I saw Pat Parrish's bike on the rack like oh weird what's Pat must have dropped out or gotten a flat or something come to find out Pat had finished the bike done the run and thought he won but he had gone off course on the bike and somehow shortened the bike so he missed an unknown number of miles on the bike and I was like well but, I mean it was I felt fine cuz it's like well one of my competitors goofed up and is thrown out of the race, or not thrown out of the race, but like out of contention, fine by me. Yep. Uh, Standing around talking with the officials afterward, I was almost a little flustered. They were talking about, oh, well, maybe we can assign a certain amount of time. Or, They were talking like, Maybe we can reincorporate him into the results. I'm like, no. You clipped an unknown number of miles off the bike. You can't. There's no, no. stitching that back together.
0: No, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together. Yeah. Once once that egg is broken, once you go off course, you're off course. And that's, yeah. that's 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 yeah. They should have never even thought about that. But that would have scared me. Oh, I was I was a little I was a little peeved. I know because you've won races for that multiple races where people have gone off course. Have I won? Is it been multiple? Well, what was the other 70.3 you won uh, over in uh, um, Maple Maple Plain?
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. In Liberty 70.3. Yeah, you won Liberty 70.3 with an athlete going off course. The lead... I went in my age group wave because I registered really late, and I just went in my age group wave. This was 08 before I was I was just a little kitty kid. And... A um, little baby dev? little baby devin. <laughs> the lead group, which included two guys who were racing as pros at that time. Yeah. They got misdirected. They were after the first lap of the bike, they were sent back to transition erroneously and then climbed out and came back. So So that I benefited from not being in that group with those guys cuz they got they lost a few minutes of just wasted time. And then one of them went on to get lost again on the run. He came through way later. I was like, "What? Where did you go? It was an out and back run. Where did you go?" <laughs> So think back to 2007 the year David Thompson our Minnesota legend was at his absolute prime the zenith of his powers at the 70.3 worlds in Clearwater he was riding into the lead and got some kind of call like he got some kind of drafting call and it kind of shot his day cuz he was out with the other uber bikers out front and he was about to you know make his play and they were like oh whatever the card is to you you know you're flagged for drafting yeah so he got yeah he was he got a yellow card he got a yellow card he was pretty steamed about that
0: that would put you out
1: I mean but that, it's it, think about that that was a way he started getting injured so that was the height of his powers and he got a random drafting call at the world champs
0: yeah that sucks it does it sticks and again it's like you and you want to say well what about these guys what about what about what, what about, about what yep. about this what about this and that's where I think the the technology that PTO has could be a could be a big game changer,
1: yeah or to, to make it a little more clear cut, so maybe there's less of a judgment call, you know, or so, there's an
0: appeals process, maybe yeah. they don't use it in the, in the original call, but if you want to appeal it, they can bring the, they, you can bring data back yeah and you can say, okay, look at this um, yeah, I was just appalled by how they but with Sanders being DQ'd and then them using. Video footage, clearly, clearly of another going outside pass. and that was not the only time apparently during that race where that had happened. I'm both oh, it happens. You know, size.
1: It's just the dynamic of the beast. It but it's, you make such
0: a strong stand-up call. You know, it's like some referee goes, "Oh, this is going to be my time to shine." No, nope. you should not. Referees should not affect the game. They should nope. not be part of the game. And this is where I think some a lot of times they do, hmm. whether they're calling somebody to for for the wrong number of laps. Or, you know, going out and, and making some gross call that should have been a warning. So, who knows? Wasn't there. Wasn't there. Um, but those are, you know, I think PTO definitely has, uh, has a place in the calendar. Um, it was fun to, to talk to, to those athletes and see how they were taken care of. Uh, the, the people that work that organization were just gems and they did that in concert with the national
1: championship. Oh my gosh! Yes, we had so which is pretty. I mean, pretty cool that they collaborated with USAT on that. I love yeah. that.
0: So AGNC, this is the second time PTO has been in the United States. It was down in Dallas last year mm-hmm. at at the MultiSport Fest. Um, but you know, age, you had age group national championships. You had um, youth and junior national championships at the same same weekend, and with PTO, that is, those are some major major events that are happening there. Right. I mean, PTO in itself could be a standalone. Youth and juniors, that's a that's that was before a standalone event. AGNC, yep. they had over seven thousand people wow racing that weekend. And like there was races. We had some days we had seven races that went on. I mean I had I was working sixteen and a half hour days. Seven thousand people. That's phenomenal. Over all the races. It mm-hmm. was great. I mean it was you saw people from all over the races were were so well attended. Um, And and, uh, you know what? It went off as smooth as I could have ever imagined. Because Milwaukee was the venue eight, ten years ago as well. Mm -hmm. They did a couple years of
1: uh, nationals at Milwaukee. Yep, and then
0: it went away, and now now it's gone. And they have not announced where it's going to go to. Okay. Uh, But it will be. But you
1: know and you're going to tell us now.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you're a USAT inside guy. Yeah. You know where it is. I, I don't. Go ever, ahead. Go ahead. I tried to pry it out Let's of those Let's break guys. that news. I, try, I wish I could. Breaking I to, news. USAT. I try to pry it uh-huh. out. I, you're going to see, I think you're going to see probably, um, you're going to see somewhere either central or it's going to be west coast. OK. One of the two. Because originally they had wanted to kind of spread them out and run them around the United States. Then they found good venues. Uh, Milwaukee would have said yes again, but they're, doing the, they're hosting the RNC. Like the same month next year. Oh, uh, Okay,
1: because they don't. It's, they what's don't, interesting? Yeah, a city can only. <laughs> they have to think about all those logistics. Oh, and, like, and, yeah,
0: and, and, and then in the middle of our race, yeah, we had a we had a the the vice president drove through. They had oh boy, a, we had about, a, we had a stop. Talk about the, a r- confounding factor in a race. <laughs> yeah, so part of our race It was like in between races, so mm-hmm. it actually worked okay. out. Okay, um, was during it, it delayed one of the course familiarizations that we were supposed to do, but. To see the like, I, I'm always impressed by a presidential motorcade. You got the Blackhawk choppers up in the up in the air. You got all the cars. You got mm-hmm. the cops everywhere, and it's just like it's it's pretty darn cool.
1: It'd be a much better story were a race going on and you got stopped by the side of the road for five ten minutes. That's a better story than a train. Oh yeah, because every now and again a race course that crosses train tracks, train comes. Yep,
0: and that's part of Nationals. Yep, there's train tracks out in Cudahy. Oh. Uh So. And and we've tried to year after year get the you know, understand or at least get released like when's the general time of trains coming through. Mm-hmm. They won't tell you. NTSB is like, nope. That's our You're business, all, not your business. You guys are all terrorists and you cannot be a part of this. Wow. We're not gonna tell you the information. So you just kind of like cross your fingers, you stay you know, you stage people on the tracks to say like if they see a train they gotta stop. Yep. Um, we had that at Manito. That was part of the thing mm-hmm. when we back in the way back in the day. You know, there was train tracks in Omaha um, at age group nationals uh, a couple years back. That was another one. Um, So that's
1: funny that they just will not release the information.
0: They won't tell you. Everybody's like, you know, no, can't, can't say, can't say, can't say. What you're describing is a you problem. Mm -hmm. We're moving. We're moving freight over here. Yeah, we're this is national security. Yeah, you worry about
1: your little rinky dink triathlon. We're yeah. moving freight here.
0: Exactly, um, but they won't say where it's so so USAT won't won't say where it's at. I don't. I think they probably have not locked it in. Uh-oh, I can okay. tell you that I've been a part of um, uh, visit St. Paul mm-hmm. and trying to get them to be a host for it. We have hosted duathlon nationals. I was I helped kind of bring that race to us for two years. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Um, but uh, we haven't had that. It's not there. But St. Paul is actually also talking to Iron Man about bringing an Iron Man event Ooh. here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Here's, as a St. Paul resident, here is the problem with St. Paul. We have very few bodies of water. Oh, yeah, you do. Because Minneapolis, City of Lakes, there's more to choose from. Nicomas historically has been the best choice for a try. But St. Paul has,
0: you got Phelan. Mm hmm. You got a lot of water, but you don't in, in, in Minneapolis, but you don't have a lot of great usable roads that can be shut down. Nope. It's so urban. And that's the problem. Because had, I had actually laid out when, when we were back in the old days, in the salad days, back in uh, Flying Cloud Drive. Yep. Um, when I had my meeting with Andrew Messick, I said, This is where I think it would be knowing that if anybody's going to be able to move the metric on this, it would be Ironman themselves. And it was going to be in um, Bidet Makassar. Mm -hmm. That's where it was going to be in Calhoun at that day. And so the idea was go to the South Beach, Thompson Beach, run it out of there, can run a great Ironman swim, great views, great visuals, the water's super clean, run the the swim there, and then it'd be all staged in the South End there. Bike out bike out in the western suburbs around Minnetonka, get out there. You know, you can get on some pretty big roads out there, bring it back, and then run the TCM uh, marathon route, essentially. It would have been... So phenomenal and so undoable. Oh, my gosh. From a permit standpoint, from so many different municipalities. Shutting down roads uh, would have been astronomically difficult. But if anybody's going to do it, Ironman's going to do it, right? You just pick your route and you pick the least passive, you know, least resistance and you you make that happen. Um, It would have been epic.
1: My club, the bike club that I'm part of now, West River Racing, hosted the state championship for road races or the road race state championship um, for cycling. Okay. maybe you've heard of it no i've heard of it cycling cycling no, oh, bike c- races okay <laughs> <laughs> they did it they moved it it had been in hutchinson last year which is a hard sell right because you're asking people to drive an hour out of town to hutch yeah it's a tough sell yeah and it's not there's no great it's 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 a tough sell it's hutchinson it's so not... they did it in lakeville so they had a f- fairly reasonable loop where it's only right turns uh so they put it together and came together quite well. But it still is just, it's such a battle dealing with road safety for riders. Mm-hmm. It's just a huge question. Because yours,
0: yours is probably a rolling closure. And it's not a complete closure. At, like, not at like all, all a complete for, closure. Yeah. No. Whereas all these other ones are. And, and it
1: goes in waves and they go all day. And you're riding. It's road racing. So you are in a peloton. Mm-hmm. There's clumps of riders. Yeah. So it's tricky.
0: Yeah. This, this is just a bear. I mean, the state fair is probably one of the better venues for those races right now, the state fairgrounds. Yes, but that's a, that's a crit, that's a crit, race. crit only. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Road races are just a challenge, and they're really they're few and far between in Minnesota. There may have only been two road races in Minnesota this year. Are Perhaps,
0: they? St- are they still doing the one right right down the right down the corner here,
1: right down in Chicago? Nope, nope. <laughs> oh. That one went away. Uh, didn't bring it back after COVID.
0: That was a fun one.
1: Southside Sprint was a phenomenally produced and well-marketed and well-put-together event.
0: Had a nice little hill in the middle.
1: Great. It was the the combination of great venue, great course, great energy behind it, a lot of participants. It, it was just the culmination of it's everything you want from an
0: event. And the neighborhood support was, was huge. Yep. Um, that was good. The other, I mean, obviously with the North Star event, Going away. That's 2018. That oh, folded. Man, wow. that was terrible. That was a tough one. That was a fun one. Like that was iconic for us. Yeah. I mean, we had. I mean, we always had big name races racers that would come through. Um, I mean, you and I would spend like the week watching it, and then the Father's Day was like the, the day we could go out and ride to Stillwater and go to Stillwater. And, and, watch
1: that epic. I mean, that what a crit to have that hill in Stillwater.
0: Oh, and the turn and the <sighs> and that that bombing turn towards mm-hmm. the yeah. That was that was so fun to watch. That was a great one. They had kids races there. It was it was it was beautiful. Cuz the road road cycling has ebbed in a big way. Is it
1: I'm trying to think if triathlon started to dwindle before road or if road dwindled first?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, you would have to I would say probably road started dwindling first because
1: road went started losing steam in 20 I mean, it was probably losing steam for a long time. But noticeably, when I was watching, twenty sixteen still vibrant here. Twenty seventeen starting to dwindle. Twenty eighteen is when we lost North Star and lost, started really losing a lot of the events.
0: Yeah, and I mean for how why they were gone, there's there's lots of different reasons or at least theories why it has gone, whether it was management or sponsorship. You know, for better or for worse, you could almost parallel the the downfall of cycling with the exit of Lance Armstrong.
1: Yeah, we're far enough. He's far enough in the rear view. There isn't that. There's he no household name in cycling. No,
0: he's not. I mean, yeah. that, that's hard. It's like it's like you ask somebody like who won the tour, you know. It's not you know the the names are not where they used to be. It, it's yeah. like even you know with COVID being, I'd say post COVID, it's just been difficult. Did to,
1: you see the photo of the crowd that gathered for Vingegaard when he went home to Denmark? No. Tens of thousands. It was a ma- it's like, oh my gosh, he is a star. Well, cycling so, in
0: Europe is completely different. It's
1: completely different. So it's just interesting to see that like juxtaposed versus we can't even hang on to the North Star Grand Prix, a phenomenal
0: Well, we lost the tour of California. We lost the yep. tour of Utah. We lost the tour of Georgia. There are no tours in the United States anymore. I mean yep. you used to like at one when and again this was like when Lance was around, for better or for worse, we had four major tours in the united states dodge the dodge tour of georgia that was huge right tour of california arguably you know the biggest
1: that was an international m- event international Tour over e- the pro tour guys
0: oh i was like in team cars watching Sagan make climbs up to tahoe yep. like it was amazing you know and then the tour of utah was also a, a really big deal uh they had the, the uh, tour colorado for a little bit the uh, tour was an america's race or whatever they called it um and that was like for Three years and then it kinda of went to a two day or three day or and then it's then it was gone. Yep. But all that's gone. Yep. And, and and why? I don't know. Like how many cycling teams are there domestically now? There's no
1: pro teams at the level there used to be. So now it's all crit teams. hmm So there's a bunch of you know, they're excellent at crits, but they it's it's a very specialized thing. That's the only kind of real pro racing on the road in the US now is the you don't the have,
0: crit squads. Like jelly belly's gone? Yep. And Jelly Belly was a staple, like they were. They were like Kenda was. You said Kenda was was around for a long time with, you know, the Kenda Five Hour Energy, and then they were like those different ones. Um, you know, the Optum team was around for a long period of time, yeah. and now they they announced that they're folding. So Chucky's out. They're, out of cycling.
1: Well, they're dropping their men's team. They're keeping their women's. So they're Human Powered Health now. They're they've just been racing in Europe because yeah. obviously there's no racing for them here no. domestically. So they're dropping the men's team and keeping the women's. Because I think the women's team, did they race in the Tour de Femme this year? They did. Okay.
0: And they so ra- they, Yeah, they've raced in the, t- I think they raced in the Tour de Femme every year. Yeah. And, and I, it, but no disrespect to women's cycling, there's like, there's really, women's cycling isn't as competitive. It's not as, it's, and so to, if you're trying to like pare things down from a, fi- if you're going to go bare bones financially I mean that's it doesn't cost you hardly anything to, to, to run a women's cycling team, because you don't have the size, you don't have you know you don't have the the support system of them, you don't have like multiple teams like the men's do where you're racing both you know in different parts of Europe and then domestically. Um, it's just it's not nearly the amount of salary that's being demanded, uh, whether it should be or shouldn't be. Yeah. Um. But you you that's this is this will be it'll be a one one and done. You think so? Oh yeah.
1: Mm. It's been interesting. So. In my past life, I worked at the racery where we sold on eBay. We would buy equipment from the pro teams and sell it on eBay. hmm So I knew all these different little domestic pro teams, none of which are around anymore. So Definitely. like you were saying with Jelly Belly, I sold some Jelly Belly bikes. But with all these scrappy little
0: teams. Mm-hmm.
1: And some not so scrappy.
0: Well, what was Floyd's team? Was it? Didn't he take all of his uh, settlement money and create a team? with uh, his...
1: That was gone in five minutes. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, that, <laughs> that was, money was just gone.
0: Nice of him to try and reinvest back yeah. into the community, but, um, but yeah, there's like there it's there's nothing there. Yeah. And and you know I don't see trying to just say hey, uh, there's too many other viable women's teams that are out there that I think I, I don't think the human powered health team. We'll be able to go anywhere.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, <laughs> your words, not mine. I said none of that. That was only you saying that.
0: No, I mean, so it's it's sad because I know I know Charles has has done so much work to create that team from the ground up. I mean,
1: would not it be one of the last? It was a TIAA yeah. Kraft
0: was when he when he first started, and then it went to Kelly Benefit Strategies, and he's really put his whole his whole heart and soul into that team. But I know that at some point in time, it was going to, have to go. I don't know anybody that was going to take it over was, was Jacob going to take it over from him? You know, I don't know who was going to take it over. Um, so circuit sports has to, I mean, they have all, all they have, they have hit the panic button before let everybody go. I remember Sam's, you know, told me he was on waivers a couple of times, but, um, but this is, this feels like it's going to be a real one. Like, I don't know, like where do they go after this? Where does he, it, and it's cause imagine having to go out and land multi, a multi million dollar. Multi-year yeah. sponsorship deal for a sport that is not in our country. Well, to uh, per our conversation
1: it, last two minutes, a sport that has actively been dwindling to the point where there's no other pro teams. Yeah, you know, no other real U.S. pro teams.
0: And that's crazy because cycling as a sport ha- has been booming in other. Obviously, it's it's blossomed out into gravel. as gro- You know, gravel into... is
1: booming. I think a lot of the talented guys who would have been elite-level, you know, world-class yep. roadies are like, oh, I can do my own thing, get a couple sponsors, make make a passable living, and just do domestic gravel events.
0: Or mountain biking. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about the, the, earlier today, we talked about how mountain biking at the high school level in Minnesota... Is exploding. Is exploding. You know, Julian, my son Julian, raced in his first mountain biking race this last weekend and loved it. Last place. He was dead last and, and finished with the <laughs> biggest smile. He said he had so much fun.
1: Well, and what a great avenue to get kids on bikes get them serious get them you know have have an outlet for cycling
0: yep so you have phenomenal and you have all that explosion and yet you you know the 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 professional side the team side which has been normally what has really driven cycling in America back to the LeMond days 711 yep. days 711 still is the title sponsor on the velodrome in Colorado Springs really yeah it's how the cool 711 velodrome um but to see all that and then and then have it go away and not be able to land that in in the United States is is crazy because cycling with just how many people do we see out just riding bikes today yep you know, whether it was an e-bike or, you know, what, but everybody's riding bikes and the bike industry is, is like, you still have a hard time sourcing parts. Mm-hmm. Everything is super expensive. Um, well,
1: the, the industry itself has gone through, they're going through a little retraction because they had the boom through COVID and now they're kind of coming back. But they're coming back down to earth. But it's still
0: bit. hard to find stuff, right? Yes. And it's still, but the supply so,
1: chain is still a bear for them.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. So um, to see all that and then also to not have a professional team has got to be difficult. What's well,
1: interesting. And I what I would say is a shame is the high school athletes, that come into the sport. High school sports are only, depending on if you go to state or something, it's, what, a 10 to 13-week season. Yep. So part of what I'm doing with the North Star Development Team, which is, oh, no big deal, not plugging, a team oh, I do sponsor.
0: Another. So the North
1: Star Development Team is a roadie team for kids and teens to grow in the sport and have opportunities to race and have opportunities to get great coaching and do uh, really fun and safe practices and just learn the skills of being a better cyclist. Yep. So North star development team, I'm working with them to touch base with a lot of the high school coaches for mountain biking. Cause I think mountain biking is so brand new for the high school level. There it may be a little bit insulated and the shame is all these young people coming into the sport and I would hate for it to just be a 12 week thing in their life that they do for four years. And then they're gone from the sport it would be awesome if a few of them who are loving the sport or serious about the sport come over and do a summer riding with North Star as well. Yeah. So they come into the season stronger and so that they they know more about the other avenues in the sport. Because there's gravel, there's cyclocross, there is mountain biking, there's road, there's track. There's all these different ways you can race and ride.
0: Yeah, there is a, a number of different opportunities there. And, and at the high school level, it is, it is you know, it's big. Yep. Um, and I know it's not just in Minnesota. It's There's a lot of potential for, for more out there. So I mean, kudos to you for helping out with that. I'm uh, excited
1: about it. It's kind of like the M-Jets of road cycling. Oh, M-Jets, huh? Are you, what are you doing right now? Uh, we're making a little video content. OK.
0: Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the vi-
1: for the listener, Christopher pointed his phone at me while I'm sitting here chatting.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to do what you do. I'm like creating multimedia content. Multimedia
1: content. So North Star <laughs> development team, is yeah we compare it to our mjets where it's like hey are you younger and looking to be active in the sport where they're you know especially if you're in high school it's not easy to make it work right because it, it costs money you need a lot of support yeah and there's just kind of practical barriers so it's it's giving people a chance to hey safely and in a fun way explore cycling what's
0: the age differential that you guys have
1: I'm, i don't know exactly how young i'm trying to think because there, it goes, there's plenty of middle schoolers, there's plenty of high schoolers. And there were some, I went on a group ride with them and we had, gosh, was he fifth or sixth grade? So it it goes pretty young. Well, that's good. Yeah. So it it can be just, yeah. You know, if your kid wants to ride, you want to ride with your kid, come out to North Star Development Team.
0: And, and uh, how would somebody find out about that?
1: They can find the Northstar Development team on social media. They can contact me for contact info. I think they have a web page, but I couldn't tell you the URL off the top of my head. Hmm. But Northstar Development team, you could Google it. Google me. <laughs> Google you. Now it all comes back. To, everyone, it, it, hey everyone,
0: it all comes back to Devin.
1: Everyone, contact Chris, <laughs> and he'll put you in touch with me, and I'll put you in touch with the team, and we'll that get you there. Not gonna happen.
0: Um, are there how many other like teams like that are there out? Is it is that is, what was the um uh, Dag had a team over in Wisconsin, didn't he? MNJRC. MNJRT.
1: Dag is Dag and his son Bjorn. They're still running MNJRC. I see them at at the races as well. They've got a, a lot of great opportunities for kids to uh, ride
0: and race. And so they're still doing it. They're still doing it. How many people are how many people are on the North Star team?
1: North Star is a couple thousand. Thousand? Dozen, couple oh, thousand, dozen, couple
0: thousand. Goodness. Oh, Jesus. Was Goodness. Like, no, no, a few dozen. Okay, I, I just I. That's that's like, and and they're boys and girls, right? Yep. Go ahead. There you go. Yeah. And
1: what was fun, what really charmed me was charmed. I was charmed because I went on one of the group rides out of Stillwater. Okay. So the whole team's there. Kids are riding. You know, some of them high schoolers. They're riding hard, riding fast. They're macho. They want to show off a few multiple dads and a mom were there and we're all so the moms dads and coaches are kind of shepherding the whole flock and just to be out there like seeing parents
0: with their kids just riding it was really cool yeah i that, that would you know when you see kids out riding we we came across today i don't know if you remember like we were coming south on the river road and there was a a family that kind of came by us mm-hmm. well, between between lake and and the bridge and the one kid was on like this little niner gravel bike did you see that i mean it was like a 20 inch wheels
1: you were maybe i maybe didn't because you were probably half a wheel ahead of me blocking the view
0: oh maybe that's what it was that could have been in or you were just like gas from trying to keep up mm-hmm. i think that, <laughs> that, was, it. that was that was i was, was just cool. looking
1: down at my power meter
0: how can he be doing 380 <gasps> what is wrong with the tire <laughs> my tires have no air um, no, that would, I, I love seeing little kids ride. I yep. remember I was in Italy uh, a bunch of years back doing a bike tour and I saw, I came across like a, a team of like middle school girls mm-hmm. and they were all side by side in a pure, you know, in a, in a pure draft line and all in the same kits. And they were all like, you know, eight to 12.
1: How cool is that? I to have like, that's awesome. To have already trained them those skills and for them to have that comfort because it's not nothing to be able to ride comfortably side by side, nope. to be riding in a group like that, yeah, in an orderly, safe fashion. Right
0: down the street, it was like I was. I thought that was so so cool. Um, and then you know on the other side of that, trying to teach my eight-year-old how to ride without training <laughs> wheels now,
1: which is very
0: humbling. Different battle. Yeah, it's a whole whole different battle. Um, so we have. So we have. Uh, we did
1: not discuss the world championships for cycling. We didn't. That happened. Would you like to discuss that? Uh, The only champion I know is Matthew Vanderpool. (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) The men's road race was wild, and it's like a few of the top stars who are just these dominant guys dominated the field. Yeah. It it was not a sprinter's race. It was just a a classic sky race. Where was Worlds at this year? So it was in Scotland. What they did that was really cool is they had the cross, road, mountain, and track, so all the different disciplines for the UCI Worlds. They said, "Hey, we're all doing it at the same time." So they brought it all together into the one the, venue. into the fold. Oh, that's cool. So what a wild week! We had a couple. Um, Noel Middlestead, who's a para athlete, he's training out of Maine these days, but he and his wife were over there racing. So it was it was cool to just see a few Minnesotans over there. Yep. Um, and then just see a really dynamic race. And I, I think um uh Chloe Dagert Deg- uh American Gal won the women's time trial as well, I believe.
0: Oh. She yeah, is it, is it Daggert?
1: Daggert? Daggert.
0: Dagger? I don't know. No. Um yeah, I mean it once again, you know, on the women's side, we end up dominating in, in so many sports from a female standpoint. Yep. Um but it's just we have a really have a difficult time with the men. And I don't know why it is. It's still it's still kind of that. Maybe it's the, the formula, maybe it's the water, maybe it's the weather. Why are North American men not more dominant in cycling? Great question. And haven't been for a long time. A long time. You know, at least le- legitimately. Yeah, because who's our...
1: We were talking, who would be the household name in American cycling?
0: Right now? Yeah. Um, I don't think you would... I mean, you would pr- probably go to a commentator. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, Christian Velde. Yeah, because he's a commentator, and he did race at the time. You know, I mean, Lance and Floyd are or not I mean. Not Lance and Floyd. Lance and George Hencappy are doing a, a podcast thing, and they're they're pretty have robust.
1: We ha- have we asked them to come on this podcast? Do you think no? Do
0: you think George would come on? Do you think Lance would no, come on? I would not. <laughs> to be better, you know, I'm. Still would you ha- have Lance on? That's a great question. I mean, Lance. I don't because we don't monetize this. Broadcast in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. I would say there's no outside of just the the you know the ego of no, of meeting him. Um, my answer would probably be no. You know, I I'd be, if I was a, if he was a friend and I knew him and like I, I could say yeah, it was like we're pulling somebody in. I don't know that I would ever search that out. George Hencappy, same thing. <laughs> I know I have I have business partners that have done work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean I would there's there are I would say there are way too many other people that I'd rather have. I'd i I'd, I'd have Bob Roll on here. Yeah. I mean I've met Bob Roll half dozen times. That dude's super funny, super kind. Picture me and him right there as right. I'm pointing to my right hand side. On the wall. Yep. Me and Bob Key down in Austin. Um you know that there there's a lot of other names that, that I would I would like I would I would have Greg Lamond on here before I'd have him. Yeah. You know, I met Lamond a couple times. He's a really genuine fella. You know, really genuine fella. And in a time when he cried wolf so loud and everybody basically thought he was just he whining. He absolutely trashed for it. Oh, for sure. He lost business. He lost so many oh, different yeah. things. But in the end, was he right? He was right. 100% mm-hmm. right. Um, I'd have Greg Lamond on. You know, if you the, that's, that's probably you know, the cycling name I would, I would have on here. Um, I have had interviewed pro-female cyclists. You know, like if you go back to our like first, first and second, I think first and second episode of our podcast, they had I interviewed two uh, female cyclists when I was working CES. Oh yeah, yeah. And I did one on the floor of CES, and I did another one I think in our room afterwards. Um, not creepy, but um, but it was but it was cool because you know, I, I because I, I like pro cycling. I think pro cycling. But you is, didn't
1: want to talk about the world championships.
0: No. But you know it's it's okay. just Okay, I'm just calling you out here a little bit. No, not a, not <laughs> mainly because I mean all the like cycling is... I've lost the maybe it's just like the the grab of it into my soul and pro, on the pro level. I haven't followed it. I didn't follow the tour tour hardly at all this year. I was a guy that like I was I was on like multiple like you know fantasy teams I got them. You know, I read I, I read Velo News. I was a subscriber for forever. So your um, fandom
1: has dried up. Mine is coming back right now. I like the current crop of champions: Vanderpool, Pogacha, Vingegaard, uh, Wout Van Aert. There's some young. They're probably mid twenties guys. Yep. They're dynamic racers. They're not one trek ponies. They're really dynamic racers, and they're interesting characters. They have very different personalities. I followed. So ha- I love them.
0: I followed half of those guys when they were cyclocross racers. Yeah,
1: and they, yeah, it's interesting that they came from that back. You
0: know, and they, well, and they came from there. And I would, I still, it does, still doesn't want to stop me from watching professional cycling. I love seeing it in person. I've seen, you know, multiple Grand Tours, mm-hmm. um, and I would, I would still love to go over and see Super Week in, uh, you know, in Belgium. I'd love to, you know, to to be on the Mure at de S- Fuy at some point in time and watch them race up there um i had an athlete who just did a race over in paris to 1600 1600 kilometer race whoa 1600 16, perry sorry breast, you must have misspoken you meant 160 kilometers 1600 perry breast, <sighs> perry, breast perry breast perry it's a uh, randonneur. it's like the the guys that go out and just ride for like days and days and days mm-hmm. and days and for distance and he had to qualify for that but he he did it he completed it wow yeah aaron milbank he's uh awesome he's a doctor here and um yeah he did really he did great 16 16 yeah you think your ride was a long one try that one and he rode for days um but i, I but i like cycling i just that i it's it's i'm not at the place where i was before hmm. and it may because it was maybe maybe it's the 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 lack of americans that to to come over and be a part of it you're just too patriotic you just um, love america too much i'll
1: yeah, tell you I why mean, i am excited right now i'm excited because i like this this current crop of champions and I think they're racing in an interesting way because I look back, you know, there was the Lance era, which led straight into the Team Sky era. And the Team mm. Sky was copy and paste of Lance. Yes. And what was sad was their their stars, I didn't like their stars in Wiggins, Froome, Garrett Thomas because I don't think they had good personalities because they're British not to be culturally insensitive. Wow, but wow, racism, especially Froome. It's like Froome has no—he's just he has no personality. He was a donkey he was about to get thrown out of sport pro cycling. Then magically, he's suddenly second in the Vuelta in 2011 after being a nobody, and then magically, he's almost dropping Wiggins in 2012. He's almost a champion in 2012, and then he's a champion from 2012 13 to 18 or whenever his. You didn't like Wiggins was.
0: either. Do thought, you
1: like Bradley Wiggins? I thought Bradley Wiggins or Sir Bradley is. Uh, he has a little more personality, but I don't like his personality. I
0: watched him race. I thought he felt like he would, could have been a member of the Who. You know, he could have been, it would have been Roger Daltrey, Bradley Wiggins, and Pete Townsend.
1: Anyways, the Sky era I hated because they were a copy and paste of Lance with everything that goes along. You know, Are you understanding the implications? Yep of a dominant team program yep that was alleged to have been that elevated riders who wouldn't have otherwise been dominant champions elevated. especially chris room it's like there was no evidence he was a dominant champion and all of a sudden at like 28 a
0: switch flipped and he's winning in incredible fashion wow, wow. there was a lot of tues that were that were filed on yep. his behalf that were questionable but it was and were then very, there was the equipment issues too
1: when they were very pompous and self-righteous like oh we're We're doing it the right way. We're clean as can be. So that guy had so much money too. David Brailsford got a boatload of cash, and
0: so it just. Did you like HTC when they were when they raced too?
1: Eh, I I wasn't paying as much attention in that era, so I I just didn't. I thought they were boring. I thought their riding style was boring. I thought they were pompous and pious, with whilst also being very obvious cheaters. So I I hated that era. This current era they're way more fun on all fronts and they're just
0: not pretending anything you know so who's your team now that you see that that's that's doing well that you who's your team that you like to cheer for when you say cuz you cuz you kind of you cheer for individuals, but you cheer yep. for a team who's your team so you're
1: jumbo team? visma for whatever reason is the team yep. i like and they're you would have to say a lot of the evidence points to them being a similar program yeah. if you understand the implications yeah they are but they're not pretending nope. they're not saying hey we're better than
0: now we're you know we're clean as a whistle. They're just not saying. Anything no, about it. they're not, and they're not. They're not like they weren't producing content like Sky was, where you know they had a bus that was so technologically advanced they call it the Death Star. Yeah. They weren't driving Jaguars as their team cars. You know those those were some pretentious moves. Like that's a little bit of douchiness. Well, and the claims of oh yeah we're vastly superior because of marginal gains. It's because we
1: fluff the pillows differently. It's like yeah, come on guys. No. Yeah, you no. You turned I, a donkey into a dominating tour champion. Sure, yeah. you fluffed his pillow better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know teams come and go. Yep. Um, you know, Yumbo Visma has been around for quite a while. Yeah, and they have they have produced a, a fair amount. They have the they do have some um, controversy where they have some conflicting rider, I would say, agendas sometimes.
1: Well, it, I mean, that, that
0: happens. We've seen that before. Like,
1: if you're in the Tour and you have a sprinter who can win stages and a GC guy, it's yeah. a problem.
0: Who's going to go? Yep. Yeah. Who's, well, who, does the team, who do you burn the matches for? Exactly. And that, yep. and that, but that's, that's, the, that's the chess game that is professional grand tour cycling. Yep. Because you have to say, who's going to last?
1: Well, and if you look at, like, okay, Wout can win a variety of different types of stages. If you didn't, if you didn't bet on your GC guy, like if Vingegaard or Prima's Roglic- if you weren't sure they were going to win, do you sacrifice Wout winning two to four stages for a, a third or fourth place GC guy? Yeah. You got or, to run or, the numbers. Or, like what's... or do, you,
0: do you send him out to attack him to bring him back so that no. he doesn't win? Because Wout, it's been
1: phenomenal the last couple of years to watch Wout both win stages in fun ways and play an incredible teammate role. Like especially in 2022 when Vingegaard won his first tour. Wout did some teammate stuff where he would the prime stage of the tour. He got in a break. He's not a climber. It was a climbing stage. He's in the break. The break is getting caught by the real guys, Pogacha and Vingegaard. So the the real guys contending for win are coming up, catching the break. Wout is one of the last survivors of the break. He drops back and paces. So he drops back and then picks up the speed to pace Vingegaard when Vingegaard attacks Pogacha, It was a magical teammate moment. It was so cool. So like I'm a we big saw, fan.
0: Like we saw Froom do that mm-hmm. to Wiggins. Yep. And we saw Garen Thomas do that to for Froom. We've seen that a number of different times. Yep. We've seen somebody come back and that's always I'm always skeptical when you see somebody that strong just like kind of play with the field. Outside of Peter Sagan. Yep. Outside of Peter Sagan Well isn't it interesting Peter's magic disappeared. Well he he's he's old. He's not that old, Christopher. <laughs> well, in professional cycling terms, he's old. Well, that I mean, people age differently. And he's in a he's a sprinter. That's like he's in he's in the young man's game. He is in the. young – Will you look at? Uh, but he's still. I would say. I would say if you put him out there, it, he will be. He'd be a great commentator. Would he though? He can speak about as good as Jens Voigt. He's a he's an. I and mean, itch- they put Jens Voigt on the tour for like as a as a commentator. Is he still going? For Some outlet, I haven't heard Jens's voice in a while. Um, and then again, that's that's no one 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 was was better at branding than Jens. Jens, I mean, because he was like he was tough as nails. He's the only guy that's on my on the wall of shame in my garage that is not a convicted, you know, uh, doper. Everybody from Peter Reed to Lance to everybody else, as the. You know, Tyler Hamilton, all those photos Peter in the Reed? garage. Peter Reed was a... Yeah, he got popped for a TUEs. Really? Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet Peter Reed from 2000 to 2005? Yeah, he's a he's a weird duck. I met him. He's like, he's a pilot up in the bush of Canada now. He's got Your homeland Canada. Yeah.
1: Well, it was clear, because he was a star of the documentary
0: whatever it what what was that documentary what it takes
1: what it takes was he the star though he was the star
0: he was the star because he was such a weirdo him and Lo- his ex-wife Lori Bowden, were both weirdos she like said she she referred to her child that she was having with her like b- her boyfriend as like an it an inconvenience it, between training I want to get back to training it's like ma'am yeah as soon as it as soon as it gets old enough then I can get back to training it you ma'am? just called your kid an it yeah though no, that was no. Have Heather Fuhr, Heather Fear and Rock Fry kind of showed how you do it. Because no. Heather Fear is like, she's so nice. And she still is nice. Actually, I was just emailing with her this morning. I've emailed with her.
1: She scolded me one time for not showing up to a pro race that I was supposed oh, to do. Oh,
0: that's doing. bad. Oops, bad form. Yeah. I was begging her for VIP credentials for coming Hey,
1: Heather, year. I know that um, I say
0: a lot of very mean things about the Ironman brand, but can I be a <laughs> VIP still? <laughs> I've never said anything bad about Iron Man. Oh, haven't you? <laughs> oh, ha- listener. Hey, how was your how was your uh, your resume coming for CEO? Is it is it uh, did it get well received? Did you get past the the vetting process there for uh, replacing Andrew Messick? Me? Yeah, you. I thought that's what you were doing, weren't you? Uh, didn't you apply? To, I think uh, Ted said that in a text message just recently. That you oh, were. Ted, you Ted were... says,
1: "Hey, Chris. Ted says our sometimes guest, <laughs> Ted." <laughs> Tall Tale Ted, <laughs> who who
0: messes just with a
1: the breaking news that he was not going to race Maple Grove. And neither of us was going to be able to be there. So it's like, okay, Ted,
0: that makes three of us not going to be there. Yeah,
1: good to know. Good to know. He was. Thanks, I did. Ted. He
0: did have a funny one where he was uh, did his little video of racing PTO Minnesota, where he passed some like old dude on on the road in his aero bars. My God, like, oh, you're hilarious. Um, Devin, we are over our time limit here. Um, good stuff this week. Mm-hmm. This time. Um, North Star Development Team. North Star Development Team. And uh, if you want to get uh, uh, Devin and Palmer uh, real estate results, Devin and Palmer. Devin Palmer,
1: <laughs> my company that I run, my little my little teamy is MSP Moves. And we're at Remax Results, and I am a—it's not a bit. I actually am a realtor, and I'm pretty good at it.
0: He is—he he talked up about uh, the real estate market the whole day today, 'cause we had to talk about anything but we were going to talk anything about but today. the hot topics. Oh, you know, he's all full—he's full of it. So yeah, if you uh, um, if you need something, Devin's got your got your back there. Uh, appreciate you guys listening, and we look forward to uh, our next time talking, and hopefully it's not as long. We always say that, uh, but Devin, enjoy these last days, and if you do go to the State Fair. Eat in moderation. That's good information. Man. It is That's that's that's. It's called sage advice from a from a, from an older man. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you uh, once again for uh, listening. We look forward to seeing you soon. And if you see us on the road, just tell us and remind us that we need to be just a little better.